A very special thanks to our friends at ChannelFireball.com and, of course, Milwaukee Magic Cards and Games. Are you ready? Are you really ready? Can you dig it? Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air day and night. Can you have happening? murder which is sweeping the eastern third of the nation is being committed by creatures who feast upon the flesh of their victims. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Hail to the king, baby. What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 37, I believe, of Man is Screwed. I am Tangent. With me, as always, is the Beamy. Hello again, everybody. And joining us tonight, we have a plethora of individuals to talk everything magic. So I'll let you gentlemen go ahead and introduce yourselves. Starting on my left. Dude, I don't see what your left is. Skype <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really work that way. <laughs> yeah, we're not standing in a room, dude. <laughs> in case you oh, guessed it, guys, this is Jonathan Medina. What's up, Mana Screwed? What's up? Uh, Frank Lepore, I write for TCG Player. And I'm Corbin Hostler, I write for Quiet Speculation. Awesome. You notice how both those guys had to actually say where they write for and stuff like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, can't, we can't all be John Medina. Yeah, you're, John Medina's... Medina's ego is here as well. <laughs> John, who does your ego write for? Does he write for Star City too? Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, my ego, he gets around me. This is... For all you people that missed out on last week's show that I failed to record properly, there's John Medina, and then when John Medina's ego will talk, that's two separate people. (laughs) (laughs) One person on Skype, it'll be two separate people. He's like, for all the people who missed out on the show, which is pretty much everyone except for the three of us who were here (laughs) recording or not recording. Also, John Medina isn't just that extra from the A-team? Oh. No, he he actually is. That's that was accurate. <laughs> I, heard, I heard he's taking over for KYT. Oh yeah. Yeah. That that's not public information yet. Oh, okay. But, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. So and KYT. KYT though. I don't think I can. I don't think I can stay as quiet as KYT. I think that would be the big problem. <laughs> well, that might be true. Well, half the time he's silently stalking us on our show too. So. I'm surprised oh, he's not in here. He's actually <laughs> green right now. <laughs> we don't want to add him because then all, all you'll see is the Skype thing. There'll be notes. Did it, did it, did it. I'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he'll be like a ninja. Yep. He is our silent assassin. So, we have a show to do, right, guys? Or something like that, a resemblance of that. That's the rumor. That's tell me. So, so we would like to. I'd like to start with uh, my uh, immediate criticism of why John Medina did not run Polymorph last weekend. Why did you not yes. run Polymorph? Okay, for the viewers at home, because this is the continuation <laughs> of last, last week. week. <laughs> yeah. So what 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 we recorded last week is we talked about I was going to a PTQ, and uh, and they asked me what I was going to run, and I thought I was going to run Polymorph, but I didn't. So now you guys are up to speed. Okay. So instead, I ran Wargate, um, which is a great deck, kind of. 
you know, it's uh, it has the potential to kill people in one turn, which is awesome. Uh, but it also has really awkward draws. Like uh, every now and then, you'll just you know have really awkward draws, or your war gate will get countered, and then you'll just lose. <laughs> so, so yeah, I went five and three at the uh, at the PTQ with war gate. Um, I had to play against uh, one of my buddies who I play tested with all week, and uh, and as as it would go um, all week, I, I you know destroyed him. And then at the PTQ, I got destroyed. So, uh, <laughs> just the way it would go. So why didn't I play Polymorph? Um, I'm trying to become a bet. And I think that Polymorph is just not well positioned. And the stubborn side of me, the, the side that, uh, that is a bad Magic player, wanted to just play it anyways. But you're, you're not going to ever get anywhere if you just uh, stay with what you're comfortable with and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I wanted to kind of push myself, play more of a tier deck, and uh, just for the sake of, um, I guess because I felt like I wouldn't, like I wanted to stay safe, so instead I went with something that wasn't safe. Okay, can I can I make an argument with that? We just had a conversation off air about one gentleman that only runs elves and standard and legacy, and he top top Ford and top uh, sixteen this weekend with it. Yeah, well, sometimes the, your pet deck that you like is well positioned, and sometimes it isn't. Oh, so yeah. so maybe maybe Matt Nass played elves at like a hundred tournaments, and just because he top eight it in top sixteen, two tournaments, that doesn't mean that that all of a sudden we should all just play the decks that we that we like. Yeah, he, he's flamed out sometimes playing elves. I know I've read where he's played elves in a tournament and just got destroyed. So that's the way it goes. Plus, playing uh, playing decks like tier decks gives you a better read on the format because then you know what it's like to play that deck. You know what I'm saying? Okay. In- instead of uh, instead of playing like polymorph that is really not in the format. Or people that want to play poison, in fact, right? Right. Those yeah. people too, right? We call those casual. Yeah, those casual. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what what is your what what is your gripe with me not playing polymorph? What do you, what is your you, you, like if you you teased us all through the show? Oh yeah, oh, polymorph, 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 polymorph. Yeah, two whole hours of you just you know rampaging about how good it was and how much you loved it, and then all of a sudden I see you posting, I didn't play polymorph, and I'm like, what? You know, because had had we actually had the podcast up and people heard what you said about polymorph, they'd be doing the same thing I'd be doing. Yeah, polymorph is. I like the deck. I, I really do enjoy playing it, but uh, you know. Sometimes you just gotta play a tier deck. I'm gonna play a tier deck in Atlanta too, man. I'm gonna play Polymorph. You're gonna spoil that to us now, or are you gonna save it for later on in the show? What do you wanna do, man? This, you're the boss. <laughs> oh, no, Tangent's the boss, man. I'm just his sidekick. Yeah. I am, am Tonto to his Lone Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, let's just not even go down that road. <laughs> you're the guy sneaking up on me in the shower, is what it is. But. No, that's, that's Ben. <laughs> oh, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. You know, I think that the whole polymorph idea would have been cool if you if you were planning on playing it just so that you could let us all know instead of, uh, you know, backing well, I out. Was winning, I was winning a lot with polymorph when I was first playing with it, so who knows how it would have done. But I will say that my first round opponent was mono red. So uh. I don't think the 
would have got started off too great. I yeah. played against the Mono Red deck, which I lost to. And then I played against Faye, which I won. And then I played against my buddy, who blighted me four times. And I uh, didn't get to pull that one out. And then I played against Naya, and I won. And then I played against Rock, and I won. Mono White, I beat. I beat another Naya, and then I lost to Faye. And, no, no, I lost to Naya and a Faye. So Red, Naya, and Faye. There's a lot of Naya going on you know. I think Volcanic Fallout's in a really good position right now. Like, it beats Faye, it beats Naya, it beats Elves. It doesn't really beat Naya or Faye. What does what like what doesn't it kill in Naya? The only thing it doesn't kill is like holy Soctars if they have it. Yeah, man, Vengeance. That, no one even plays that card. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what does it? What does it kill? It kills their birds. It kills. It kill, their... Yeah, like and it. Well, that's. I was actually it, Green White Trap and Mythic. It beats. It beats them too. Like, oh yeah, it kills. Green it kills White all trap. the mana guys. It kills Fauna Shaman. It kills Cunning Spark Mage. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It doesn't kill Thokhtar, it doesn't kill friggin' Knight, and, uh, it doesn't kill, uh... Medina, you're just talking about the big guys. It kills all the little guys, come on. Who's worried about the big guys? You're like, on turn three, I'm gonna kill his mana dude. It's like, so what? (laughs) He already played the big dude. Yeah, they've already beat you at that point. I don't know about all that, but... Do you play this game? Do you play this game at all? (laughs) No. Like, if, if if Volcanic Fallout is so badass against Naya, then why is Naya taking down these dailies? I'm not... Well, I mean... Uh, I named, like, six decks that it was, it was pretty good against. <laughs> like, the thing is, like, okay, you they play Willy Thoktar, you play Volcanic Fallout, you kill all their mana guys and their Fauna Shaman, now they attack you for five. If you can deal with a Willy Thoktar, then, like, you're pretty much in control again. Yeah, if you could play a player who's going to put all his dudes on the board so you can fall at him off the board. And chances are, half the, like, if they have a Fauna Shaman and you don't, like, there's so many ways you don't kill that before it starts putting Vengevines in their graveyard. And then you kind of, then Volcanic Fallout's not going to help you. Yeah, because they, they put the dudes in their graveyard and then they sandbag creatures. They're not just going to be like, ugh, here's all my dudes, kill them. <laughs> <sighs> Come on, Frank. Come on, push back, man. I know you got more. Well, I'm just, I mean, like, I named other... I, like, my point is Volcanic Fallout seems really good regardless of the Ven- regardless of the Naya matchup. I mean, it's, I think it's still really good against Mythic and um, Green-White Trap, both of which are really popular right now. Yeah, and it's the true. one card that, like, tries to keep fairies in its place, too. And it's a finisher. Yeah, well, Mythic, Mythic is not as big right now as Green-White Trap. I mean, Green-White Trap it might be good against because they use, they use those... Uh, the swingers, the little dudes, to activate their, uh, their windburst kites, which which I understand. The green white trap, I'll give you that, and it is good against fairies, but not when they have a misfine click. So it's like, I mean, that's what you worry about in fairies most of the time, anyway, is the bitter blossom of a misfine click. So I would say, yeah, Fallout's good against green white trap. It's okay against fairies, and I don't know about mythic dude. They only run so many mana creatures. Hey, Captain types a lot. You think you can, uh, like, pull your mic away from your keyboard? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah what are you doing over there, man? Chatting on Yahoo like a seventh grade girl or something? No, man, I got updates to do. People need to know how much fun we're having. <laughs> so, I share with my people. Yeah. So, what are you running in, in Extended, Frank? 
Uh, I'm not sure, actually. I talked to BDM and, and Greg... Uh, Greg, what's his name? Um, the the Watsy the coverage guy. And, like, I, I think I might just be doing coverage at the event, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. How? Not even, not even sleeping up, huh? I, I don't know. I'm still torn, but, like, I don't know. I'd really like to get my, my, my coverage on. I, I, I trade you. I do coverage in a heartbeat. What was that, Corbin? I would do, I would, if I had the choice between playing and doing coverage, I would do coverage, like, every, every time. But yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It seems like a better experience. Like, it's, I think it's, it's better to do, like, it gives you more exposure. Like, it, I don't know. I just feel like it, the opportunity is better to do coverage than to, like, grind out. Ten hours at a, at a GP day one, yeah. but Corbin doesn't have anything to prove anymore. He already topped the top <laughs> dude the freaking SCG tournament, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like I have anything to prove, really. I'm just gonna leave that one alone. <laughs> All right, I don't. Get I it. proved. I think I proved. I proved that I could miss enough triggers and, and make enough stupid plays. I don't know if I need to do that again anytime soon. <laughs> I did attack at the board of Atlantis and do a Tarmogoyf, guys. And it's on, it's on video. It, no, 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 it's in text coverage, not on video. Oh, it was, it, it was against, it was against AJ Sacker in the top A. It's the most embarrassing moment of my life. Is it at the end of the sentence in text coverage, they were just like, WTF? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, so, so yeah, in Atlanta, I think I'm gonna run, uh, blue-white control. And, uh, I think that deck is pretty legit. So. I, I do like that deck, actually. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think I'm going to run it with... Here's the tech, okay, you guys? Is this going to air? Shape anew. Of course, shape anew. Put aside <laughs> shape anew. Is this going to air, like... Am I going to... Are they going to listen to it before Atlanta? Uh, probably. Where is this going? <laughs> Where is this going yeah, you, I, I can okay. cut it out, though, if you want to talk about it, and uh, you want me to take it no, out. No, no, no. No, it's not that big of a deal. Because it doesn't matter, because he's going to win with it anyways. I want to hear it. So here's Man, the tech. this guy's got a rep for Shape Anew. No one's going to be like, that's definitely correct. <laughs> yeah. Dude, people listen to me, and they don't They don't admit it. Okay, <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> uh, Wheel of Sun and Moon. Oh, no, that that's awesome, man. That's a great card. Yeah, because I've expecting a lot of Venge by Naya, because that is a, it's a really mm-hmm. sick deck right now. Oh, and um, it gets rid of demigods, too. Yeah, yeah. It, rid, it makes my day of judgments like badass because it gets rid of Finks. Yeah, it gets rid of Finks. It gets rid of Anathemancer. Um, friggin' uh, what's his name? Demigod. Vengevine. Pain in my butt. Yeah, and uh, and also. Is I anyone think, playing Revlark? Yeah, there's Revlark out there, so it helps against Revlark, and uh, and it even takes away the edge on Sun Titan from your opponent. Um. You know, there's a lot of interactions, I think. Yeah, and unlike Tormont's Crypt cards, you don't have to, like, activate it once and that's it. Like, you don't have to time it. It just sits there and, and does work the whole time. Yeah, and you completely beat the uh, Necrotic Ooze deck if you play one, so they just lose. Yeah, exactly, and then I can also send Titan it back if it gets killed. So How many are you talking? Are you, are you talking main deck or sideboard? Or? I'm going to be running one main deck and two on the board. I like that, actually. And then he could sit there and shuffle them in his hand while the coverage is on. <laughs> and you got like, well, you got like Jace's too. Like you could always just ship it back and then fetch land or whatever. Yeah, I just don't think like I, I don't think like one is really. I think one is great because 
Um, even against red, like they they lose their health spark elementals, they lose their health thunders. You know, like these kind of things are like I think just the incremental advantage you gain from that, just like having that. Even if it blanks one card, like one kitchen finks, one you know something, then I think it's worth having at least one in the main deck. There were some lists that had like two sunblast angels, and I'm really tempted to try that out because like. When you have Cryptic and you're like, tap your team, my turn, Sunblast Angel, like, that seems pretty strong. Yeah, it's really good. I want to put a Gideon in that list, too. I do. I want to put one Gideon in there, too, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so that's probably what I'll be running. I'll be running, like, the teched-out version of white-blue control, and then I'll O2 drop and do some trading. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you could do what Chapin did last week and go one O in Legacy and drop out. Dude, that was the sickest. <laughs> that, you know, only he could do that, and people go, ah, that's okay. Eh, he's 1-0. That's fine. Chapin can do it. That's okay. Why and is it bad? No, it's not bad. I'm just saying. It's just, it's like, eh, you know, I, I, I could have won this thing, but you know what? I'm just going to drop it 1-0 and just, you know, step away. And well, I mean, to it. be fair, he was undefeated, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so technically, you know. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's not that it's okay, Robert. It's the fact that it's awesome when he does it. See, no one else would no. do that. So it'd be, it would have more hilarious had he been like five zero and just said, eh, you know, time yeah, to go. If he was gonna win, and then he left, that would be awesome. That would be sweet. Top, top eights and goes. Eh. <laughs> no, no, no. In the finals, right before he dies. He gets up and he's like, ah, I got stuff to do. Later, dude. <laughs> yeah, any, any time out. Not right before he's he dies, man. Down. Right before he wins. <laughs> dude, you play too much moto. Oh, yeah. <laughs> people don't disconnect in real life, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's Chapin. He unplugs himself. Boop. Oh, there it goes. Boop. But online, that's just a douche move. Like, when they're going to lose... That's so I always report them, because usually they say something smart about it. They're like, hey, you're going to have to wait while I go do such and such. And I'm like... All right, whatever, man. You know this is, I'm on the internet, right? I can just do something else. <laughs> it's not like I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs. I'll just go play another game or something. You're like, you, you know I live on here, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have this browser. I could just look at some web pages or something. What someone needs to do is, like, when they do that situation where they're going to get up and leave, get up, unplug one of the Star City, unplug one of the GG's Live cameras, and just leave. Just unplug the camera that's on them and get leave and go... What? What did he just do? I'm yeah. standing there and staring at me. What? 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 I didn't know that people did that. Like, I didn't know that they disconnected on purpose. Oh, so, yeah. Like, I, I, but I, it's happened to me a bunch of times, but I didn't know that's what they were doing. I'm like, dude, why every time I'm about to win, the freaking thing gets disconnected? Like, Man, this program sucks. No, seriously, I'm just like, man, these people, they must have, like, really bad, like, connections or, like, I don't get it. And then I said that on Twitter, and everyone's like, yeah, they do that all the time. It's on purpose. And then I'm like, oh, those douchebags. Like, douchebag. Yes. Oh, man, I report those guys every time. Like, I know it's not a big deal, but maybe it'll add up, you know, and maybe, like, they'll get banned or whatever. But I just don't think it should go, like, ignored. I don't think you should be able to act like that, like, when you're a mature adult and still not have any penalties, so... Well, I don't report them because, like, anyone who's going to do that is, like, has a terrible life. Yeah, no, I agree, but, like, I mean, if you're in, like, a tournament and you're the last round, then everyone else has to wait nine more minutes for your round to finish. Like, it's, it's just inconvenient. What? It's, it's inconsiderate. You're going to argue that it's not inconsiderate? 
Uh, I think it's inconsiderate, but people who are going to be inconsiderate have, like, a whole, like, a whole, like, terrible situation on their hands other than getting reported, you know what I mean? Well, like, I'm, I'm not going like to add to their, why am I going to add to their hell by, like, reporting them? Because like, <laughs> the they only joy they have is Moto, and you're going to get them banned. That's, yeah. <laughs> then they'll have no life. Clearly they don't enjoy it that much if they're just disconnecting all the time. Well, but think about you know, this, Frank. You won't be able to keep making packs off of them if you get them banned, right? So, I mean... A fair argument. Of course, Frank doesn't really experience this firsthand because he's always the one losing and then disconnecting. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you don't know how many usernames I've gone through. <laughs> oh, you're Smitty? Every time I do it. Oh my god That's crazy So uh, Let's go on to the one that we had a lot of fun with last time And you guys had a lot of information on this About the uh, thief stealing cards from a store Oh man So wait The alleged thief right? The alleged thief Sorry yeah. Dan did you watch the video on that? No Just look at that? No Okay It's it's, a, it's pretty sick Like It's a very clear video I mean you can, it, it's shady regardless of his story or what may or may not have happened, but just looking at it, it looks shady. Okay, so so what's what's the like debate here or whatever is whether or not he actually stole cards from the store? Yeah, oh. does anyone know? Tanton, I just linked you the, or I just sent you the, the link in the chat. So if you want to check it out while we're while we're up. The guy got interviewed on uh, Starkington Post, and he said he thought it was a friend's deck after he, uh, he swipes it right off the table, puts it in his pocket. Uh, he said he thought it was a friend's deck, so he took it, did ask anyone there about it, so on, and claims he returned it a few days later before the video got posted. But, uh, I mean, you don't, you know, most people don't just pick up a deck that may or may not be somebody they know and just take it when there's a group of people there, so... And, and he did it, yeah, it's, the way he does it is very suspicious, like, there's sleight of hand, like, it looks very fluid motions, he's done it before, you know, like, it's the last thing he does when no one is looking. And basically they're saying he did it because he was a minority. That's what they're trying to say. <laughs> he's like, the motions were fluid, we know he's done this before, just well, like does, the rest of his kind. He had a burrito hanging out of his on, mouth. On. On a, on MTG, whatever the trading site, MOTL, he's got a, a sheet, a rap sheet tracking him back to like 2002 of people claiming he was ripping him off. So. Yeah, and, and all the all the email addresses match. They're all like I uh, underscore love bitches. I underscore love MTG. You know, just different different <laughs> like there's like seven different email addresses that all have similar uh, traits. You know. Yeah, definitely. And what and I like was the, saying. Was like, if this guy is going to steal something, then why did he steal a magic deck? Like, why not like <laughs> steal something big? It's like go like steal a van or like rob a bank or something like of substantial value. It's like, yeah, and, like when you steal something from a magic player, you're stealing something from someone who's part of a large community. Like that's going to get around. People are going to know. You know, so like, why? It's such a small knit community. Like, people, like, why would you? Why would you? Why would you jeopardize that relationship you have with the community? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Well, that's what that's what Tangent does. Well, swipe swiping decks from people, right? Right. Well, I was gonna say this video doesn't even look like me. 
Like, it's funny because on the Magic Online Trading League website, like, it does have his addresses, but, like, it, it shows his, him going from Staten Island, like, in New York, and then there's, like, five different New York addresses, and then there's, like, some, some Palm Harbor, Florida addresses. And it's funny because that's actually the exact time when he was living in, like, because I live in Clearwater, like, 15 minutes away from there, and the shop I work at is called Shortstops. And he used to come into my shop, uh, Pedro, the guy in the video. And there was a time where the owner of the shop gave him a bunch of cards to sell at, like, a PTQ or at a Grand Prix or an, an, an event. I think this was back when, like, even States was still around. So it was like could have been a States or a Nationals. But it was, like, when Lorwyn was still in, in Standard, and it, the cards were, like, Bitter Blossoms, Mutavault, stuff like that. And it was a lot of cards, like, hundreds of, hundreds of dollars in cards. And so Pedro comes back, and he has very, very little money, like a pittance compared to what those cards are worth. And he's like, oh, this is all I got for these cards. You know, and it was, you know, I mean, like, you could say that's all he got for the cards, but it's, it, if you just use some common sense, you know better. Like, you can, you can look up dealer prices and know that he could get more for that. Yeah, but what if he didn't know? He, you, <laughs> I mean, that's, that, sure, you can look at it that way, but then when you look at the history that's unearthed recently, like, you, you know he knows better, you know? And if, if he doesn't, well, you know. Now, did did the store owner tell him how much to get for these cards? No. Okay, so get as, get as much as you can, and then he expected to just get the money from this guy? I don't get it. Like, if you're a store, store owner and you give someone your cards to sell, wouldn't you say... Like, I don't want any less than X dollars for this card. Yeah, and that might have happened. You know, I mean, like, I don't know his exact words to Pedro, but, you know, I know I know Pedro came back with very little, and, like, it was just, it was very obvious that, that some shenanigans had occurred. Wow. Yeah, so, uh, good old Pedro. What do you think, Corbin? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, like... I don't think if you're a store owner, you should be giving your cards to somebody to take unless you trust them 100%. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't really know what the details are getting into that. But, like, to me, obviously, it's a pretty open and close case that this guy has been doing this for a while and got caught and it's all over the Internet. And, you know, it sucks because there's going to be there's still going to be plenty of people, wherever this guy winds up at, who aren't going to know, aren't going to see any of this, aren't going to follow it on the Internet. And if he's the type, you know, like, I'm not going to make assumptions, but if it's this is the type of thing he's doing and he d- is stealing people's decks and so forth, then he's still going to be able to do it to people. You know, you yeah, and I care. agree, and I think I think people should know about that. You know, and like I just think it should be brought to light. Like I don't think it should be something that's just like ah, no big deal. You know, because people will get scammed and people like will you know <coughs> um, lose money to this to this guy basically. And I can see like the story I told. Like I can see how that can be like oh well that could just be anything. But then when you add all the other facts into it, like his background, you know, the video, stuff like that, it really, you know, comes, I think it comes together as a picture. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I, guess, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to make any judgments, you know. Uh, I'll, I'll make a judgment definitely. because I do that. But what I would say is that, uh, to me, this guy needs to learn how to steal. I mean, really? He's going to just steal that crap? Give me a break. Go up to someone who's got a 
got a you know pack full of dual lands or something and steal those. Don't be stealing that garbage. Come on now. He's like, find a John Medina. Right, exactly. Trade binder. <laughs> that I mean, cards. <laughs> <laughs> do it right if you're gonna do it. Jeez. If somebody stole my cards, I don't think anyone would feel sorry for me. <laughs> They'd be like, dude, just open a pack and trade it to a trade binder. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Pack the trade binder at one show. I have three packs of Exodus on Magic Online, and I'm like, I can't do anything with these. I don't want to open them, though. Like, I hate opening packs online so much. (laughs) It's the worst. Oh, my gosh. So, let's have some fun, and let's sneak in a little preview card here. Uh, No, you're not going to talk about this Impact card, are you? Yes, I am. Oh, man, you and your poison. Oh, Yes. Our friends at uh, Daily MTG and Mike Flores has his preview card he's released, and it's Ink Moth Nexus. It is a land. It adds one to your mana pool, helps speed your way up to those high infect cards. And if you pay one, it becomes a 1-1 artifact creature with flying and infect till the end of turn, and it is still a land. Robert, I gotta, I gotta say that I don't know if lands really speed you up to anything. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't <laughs> think do. that taps for two mana if you're playing infect creatures. <laughs> Shit. I think you're going at a reasonable pace. <laughs> no, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, it's, it's that card's really good though. It's very elegant, I think. Yes, it it beats the day of judgments and it beats all those other ones that get in the way of destroying your creatures. This thing can still keep swinging. I like how yeah. design is just like let's take the B and the L off, and then we got a new card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this card is actually pretty sick. I mean, it's basically the one drop that we needed for infect. Don't tell me yeah, that, that now we have to eat the words about Infect. Come on now. Uh, it's also a 1-1 flyer that can only be killed at instant speed. Like, that's... Yeah, yeah and really the fact good. that it only costs one to, to turn it into it rather than two. Like, I mean, you can be swinging with this and something else. Not yeah. that not that hard to do. It doesn't and push like, up a way around to the end of the game. It's, yeah, it's actually they, not they a 1-1. One, one. It's actually a 2-2. Two, two. Because it's, it's Infect. Touche, touche. Yeah, so this is like a mutavolt with wings that has infect. Right. Yes. So it's like better. Like I'm wondering if you can play a black infect deck with. Uh, do you really need more creatures than four ink, ink moth nexus, four Skitherix, and four of the black crusader guy? Like, yeah. isn't that enough? No, Never. no, no. Because no, what you need to do is you need to get in those those uh, those poison counters quick because as they start to get blockers. Like it does. I played. I played Infect before. Yeah, but those creatures are also efficient. Like one regenerates and one has pro everything, so that like even if they have blockers, they have to get around the protection. Then they eventually die to the Infect because he's got first strike. Yeah. Well, like Flake Singer flies, and that's pretty big yeah. too. It's not yeah. as easy as that. If I when I was running the Infect deck, the green black one, I was running um, Adventuring Gear, which is like. The sickest in that deck. So, the way the way that I would win is like I would put a two drop down. Well, I put the venturing gear, then a two drop, and then I would hit them with poison counters before they could stabilize or kill my dudes. I mean, but after it got to a certain point, also that deck couldn't beat Jace. By the way, hmm, interesting. Yeah, but but I mean, after it got to a certain point, like when they had five or six mana, like it started to get really hard for me to win. But I, I don't know. I didn't have the pro guy. I didn't have this freaking flying land either. So I mean, and, 
and now they've got the black. Uh, it's expensive. The uh, four colorless, one black. We can kill a creature, then proliferate. Um, yeah, that that could be a card, I guess, and that to give a little more reach against the creature. Yeah, I mean, like even as like a one of, you're still like, I mean, five mana to kill a Sun Titan and and give him another poison counter. It's not the worst. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely the deck has definitely gotten better since I played it. You know. So, so yeah, it could it could be a deck, dude. I mean, because I'm just thinking, you don't have Oblivion Rings anymore. You don't have paths. So, like, and, well, I mean, even if you do, they, they got Black Eyes, got Pro White, right? Like, how do they kill that black, the, the knight guy, the creator? Like, oh, the knight guy's really there. hard to kill. Yeah, he's really hard to kill. I mean, if you they, put, if you put a, um, a sword of body and mind on him, I, mean, I think he's a mitzvah. Oh, God. Oh, my God, wow. Yeah, he's Pro White and Red, right, so... Yeah, so, so the only the color he doesn't have protection from is black, and so that means they they could doomblade him, but unless yeah, <laughs> but they can't. So, so they have to smother him. They have to smother him. Pro four colors, four four yeah. infect. Yeah, four four infect protection <laughs> from everything. Everyone's <laughs> running smother these days, though. So smother, smother. That's the way to do. Yeah, well, as soon as they that one. Oh, that's in standard. Wow. Yeah, man, welcome to the world. You can also get him with this figure as well. Well, well if you the sword on. Yeah, you gotta time that one. I guess Grasp of Darkness. Okay, smartass. <laughs> what? That's like double disfigure. Well, they've also they also released another one called Knowledge Pool. It's yes. six, and it's imprint. When it comes into play. Uh, each player exiles the top three cards of his or her library. Whenever a player casts a spell from his or her hand, that player exiles it. If if the player does, he or she may cast another non-land card exiled with knowledge pools without paying that card's mana cost. Okay, that sounds um, interesting. <laughs> not yeah. not good though. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Cost six though. Yeah. That, and, like, what if you hit, like, three lands? <laughs> like, I mean, unless you really engineer this combo to work, like... That's, that's yeah, like I, a... I, 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 have, I, would just, I would just rather run Polymer. It's a commander when, card. When would I play this over a Titan? Oh, man, now you're talking, like, a tier one player. Oh, I don't, yeah, I, I felt so dirty when those words came out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he's a writer or something for a game. Yes, when would you play this over a Titan? Yes. Yeah, why don't you That's reintroduce not... yourself, because I think everybody already forgot. Uh, oh, my <laughs> goodness, God. Never gets old, Medina. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> Who they, is this guy here? They also spoiled the uh, the blue zenith in that cycle. Is draw X. Draw yeah, X, instant speed. Triple oh, blue and X draw X cards. That, that yeah, seems really good. They did that earlier today, right? It's a uh, stroke of genius. Yeah. Plus one. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean plus one? Well, stroke was only two blue, right? No, it wasn't. It was two and a blue. Yeah, two and a blue. Oh, that's right. It was two and a blue. Yeah, so... Yeah, I guess... All right. I mean, you're talking to the guy who freaking popped out Emblem of the War Mines. Right <laughs> <on> the <mind>. <laughs> <laughs> True. That's a, that's the title of the show, Emblem of the Warmind, and people are going to go, what? <laughs> what the hell is what this about? Mean? Just put in little uh, parentheses, look it up. Yeah, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> so it's literally Stroke of Genius, only they replaced the colorless of blue mana? 
Yeah. Well, you shuffle it back into your library. Yeah, I guess that's it. true. Man, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like... It's bad. You guys. It's a lot of mana. Like, if you just look at it, like, compare it to, like, Jace's Ingenuity, it, it, like, you're paying two more mana before it's even better than Jace's Ingenuity. So. Yeah, but in, like, Eternal Formats, I mean, you know, this could be pretty, pretty legit. Am I the only one that likes the black one a lot? Like, I feel like the black one's really strong. Why would you be the only one? I don't know, because, like, I posted it, and people were like, that seems really expensive, you know? And I was just like, no way, dude. I haven't... Oh, what's that one do? I haven't seen it. Uh, it's it's black, black, X. Put X, negative one, negative one counters on each creature. Shuffle it into, your owner, mm-hmm. into its owner's library when you're done. And I didn't actually realize they were negative one, negative one counters. I thought it was, like, like mutilate, like, where they get negative one, negative one. Right. So, actually, it's better with neg one neg one counters. Hmm. Yeah, I, I heard someone say, I guess it's okay with proliferate. What? I'm like, I'm like, dude, if you're dropping this thing, you're killing the creatures. You don't want yeah, them hanging around. Play like a chalice or something, and this thing is ridiculous. <laughs> He's like, oh no, I'm facing down an army. I think I'm gonna, you know, black whatever for one, and then I'm gonna try to proliferate all these things to death. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> yes, because I want to waste all my mana on this. I'm doing two things, and I could just do it in one. Yeah. Oh, God. Nice. Um, speaking of goblins, uh, they've now won twice at Star City Games since Survivor. Oh, that deck is awful. <laughs> <laughs> That's every Legacy Pro ever. So who says who says the deck is awful? There was a lot of people that are like, that deck's just unplayable. I don't, like, we talked about this last week, actually, how, like, people just vehemently hate decks, even though they're winning. No, we, we talked about it because our, our co-host down here got screwed over by Goblins. So Which one? Corbin, who came in second. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get screwed over so much as I just played myself out of it. No, 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 you got screwed over. No, no, no. It's, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It was, it was so bull. Yeah. It's just like last week, the argument we had over Boris over Genesis Wave. Conley didn't Conley didn't misplay, Conley didn't get land flooded, Conley got Conley got screwed because the guy played Boros. Yeah. That's why. So yes. Yeah, yeah. Basically you were just being a Conley fanboy. Yes. And uh, <laughs> yes. How, uh, how you love him and everything that he creates. Yes. And you were sad <laughs> because he got his butt kicked in the finals. Yes. Yeah. I think it put him on tilt all day on the legacy day. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, he said Boros was a bad matchup, right? Yes, he did. And okay, yeah. so then he lost to his bad matchup. Down yep. the brakes, brother. Well, and then he, and then they all washed out in Legacy. Oh my God, was that awful? <laughs> it wasn't awful for me. Just saying. Well, all the people, <laughs> all the people, all the people that came from Colorado there, they all washed out in Legacy. You know, the, the, those people from I'm going to get this right, Oklahoma. They don't have that problem. That's true. And see? That's the thing. So, yeah, Goblins is... Uh, I don't know anything about Goblins. I mean, I know what the deck looks like, and I've been beaten by it plenty of times. I know that it's it's uh, it has explosive starts, and it can run you over quickly. And, uh, you know, so I don't see the problem with Goblins. I don't think it's an unplayable deck. I mean, Turn 1 Lackey is just... It's nearly impossible to beat. 
with the vast majority of decks, and especially with counterbalance being so popular, like turn one lackey can just oh yeah, counterbalance. So oh, can well, I counterbalance your lackey triggers? No. Oh, okay. Well, I'll scoop them up now then. I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, and that deck has file like it's yeah. yeah. You can swords the turn one lackey. Um, you can force the turn one lackey. If you're on the play, you can daze it or you can block it with a factory. I mean, right. there's a bunch of there's, there's answers of, to it. The thing is, if you don't answer it, like you just die, basically. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like it's because of the dynamic of legacy where you're not playing a format with like wraths and you know sweepers, you know. No, it's mainly because you're not playing a one drop creature that can block this thing. Oh yeah, that works too, I guess. <laughs> I mean, by the time you actually get Wrath Mana up, I think you're dead if you ever if you get hit by a turn one lackey. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like Moxes and stuff. Mox Diamond, Chrome Mox. Yeah, get... but like the decks that run Mox Diamond don't really run Wrath. I mean, it's a moot point. Like no one's playing Wrath in Legacy anyway. So like, uh, sometimes you play Wrath in, in or like Moat. Like you stuff. get your Moat down. Yeah, I don't know. I think you'd be dead before Moat. What about Tabernacle? Do you, do, you, do you play a lot of Do you play a lot of Legacy? Drink? No, not not really. No. Okay. So so like Tabernacle is good against goblins mm. for sure, but um, you know you have to have it. I mean, you don't play four of those in a deck. Yeah, you know? right, right, right. Because I mean, that would be awful. Yeah, because you want to <laughs> play lands that produce mana. So right, and lands that aren't <laughs> legendary. Yeah, and then when you play against Counterbalance, you have four Tabernacles. Yeah. You're like <laughs> oh, well, that was good. You're like, Tabernacle, go. <laughs> tabernacle. <laughs> if you ever play a creature, dude, you're not keeping it. <laughs> but I have mana. All right, well, you're going to work for it, though. <laughs> yeah, I play a, I play mono-white stacks in, uh, in Legacy. And Tabernacle is so sick, especially if you follow it, like, if you're like Armageddon. Now, this is a deck that plays, like, Mox Diamonds and, like, um, Fast Mana. Yeah. yeah. So so if you, like, get him and then drop a, uh, a Tabernacle, it's just the sickest, dude. I've done that so many times against Zoo and against, like, Goblins and stuff. It's just, like, the best feeling in the world. It's almost like Spell Piercing a freaking horror. Like, it's almost that good. That's a good feeling. Well, I have good news for you, John. Since you love Infect so much... They just released another card. Really? Yes. It's called Core Prowler. It's four. It's an artifact creature. Horror. Infect. It deals blah, blah, blah. Core Prowler is put into the graveyard from the battlefield. Proliferate. Oh, I like that. That's pretty good. Wow. It's 2-2. Two, two. At least they're not pushing Infect. It's a 2-2 two, two for four, but it does proliferate. You think it was like a theme of this block or something? Yeah, yeah. it's kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking. Just, just for the record, I never said anything bad about you. <laughs> I did. No, just me. <laughs> See, the thing is, they they've play tested all these cards, you know, in the the future, future league, and all that stuff. So, yeah. and with it being such a major theme, like it's going to be good, even if it's maybe not quite there. Like this set, it's going to get their next set because they they make their their decks that are the, the concept central to the block. They make those decks good, so they're going to keep coming with enough to at least make Infect playable. Yeah, because when I first seen Infect, I knew that the mechanic was very, very strong. So, I mean, you know, I, I've i always thought that those cards are going to go up. That's why I always say get the uh, get the Infect guys, man. Those, are, those 
I mean, they sell hard to casual right now, you know what I mean? And yeah. then if they're actually, if they actually are playable in, in like a tier deck, then they're, they're gonna be like really in demand. Yeah, there's some of us that fight over those cards, yes, yes. So, Tangent, you wanna talk about the, uh, next one they released? The one that Frank <laughs> put up there in the link? Oh, yeah, I'd like to talk about it more than anything. Yeah, uh, that would be the, spine. what was that? Give us a little spine action. Spine of Ishsaw, the seven casting cost artifact. When Spine of Ishsaw enters the battlefield, destroy target permanent. When Spine of Ishsaw is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, return Spine of Ishsaw to its owner's hand. So, you know, seven casting cost. To be broken. Yeah, yeah. Grand Architect. Just saying. Yeah, Corbin mentioned Grand Architect. That's a, that's pretty sick. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you have two blue guys that cost three mana. Like, I don't know. It's yeah, pretty but, good for a blue vindicate. So, I mean, you vindicate, right? But then, like, yeah. in order to really break this thing, you have to get it into the graveyard, right? There's plenty. Of even things. if you, yeah, but even if you don't, like, you vindicate. Like, I don't know. You're getting value out of it. And like, if you have treasure mage, you just search for it. You know. Yeah, I mean, you can search for it, and then you can vindicate. But so what, right? Any any type of blink effect also breaks it. Oh, like a Venser, you mean? I, I hear that guy's pretty good. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know. Like, I could get behind that. <laughs> when has that been a good ability? That's not exciting. Well, well when you can when you pay seven for a Vindicate, okay. I'm not, we're not talking about hard casting it on turn seven. Like, we're talking about like, like we're talking about getting the turn four is like, when you could realistically like, dip it. You know, Corbin, I think he's listening to you. Uh, Evan Irwin goes, pick up some Grand Architects now. It's like <laughs> he must be listening to the podcast. Is he secretly tapping into our feed? No, he's, he's actually there. over here right now. So he's sitting <laughs> he's on my lap. Eight. You get one Grand Architect in play, and this thing costs five. I don't know. That's that's pretty good for Colorless Vindicate. It seems like if you're playing a deck that you're gonna that you're gonna run this in, you should be able to get it out on turn four with yeah. a Grand Architect. You know, so. You know, and then if you followed, if you were able to follow it up on turn five with Vincer, you would probably win the game. But I mean, that's a lot of things to go right. Yeah, I mean, you have to have Grand Architect in your hand. And when you're playing blue white control like Medina is, it won't be a problem. Yeah, I would just play things that counter spells like this, like a mana leak. Or even like at this point, I would just play a mind break trap, right? What? Why would no. you do that? <laughs> no, that is incorrect. No, I mean, your your mana leak was I much guess. better. <laughs> because because I don't have to worry about you casting it anytime before turn four. <laughs> I mean, Man, you know, leak... you're starting to sound like a real hater right now. <laughs> <laughs> we went along. We were like, yeah, shape of news, great, John. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna play mana leak. Wow. <laughs> well, I guess mana leak really screws my shape of new plans up too, huh? <laughs> The thing is, my opponent never has the mana leak. Man, why don't you shape into Spine of Ishsaw? How about that? <laughs> Sucker. Oh, man. When I was playing a Polymorph and Extended, uh, I was playing this guy who was playing fairies, you know? And uh, the first the first turn, I'm like, Thought sees you, like, discard your counterspell, Bitter Blossom, and then, like, turn four Polymorph. And just killed him, right? And he's like, oh, brother. You know, he starts, like, griping at me in the chat. 
And then, like, the second game, it was the same thing. It was, like, Inquisition, you, uh, you know, uh, play the Bitter Blossom, and then he thought seizes me, takes my Polymorph, I draw my Polymorph, and then nice. I turn for Polymorph him. He's like, <laughs> only guys like you could play Polymorph, because you just can't lose with the damn deck. <laughs> Mono, Mondo tilt right there. <laughs> Top deck, no! I was like, it's skill, brother. And then again, and again, he runs away from it. Uh, what if you're playing Shapenu and your only artifact is Shapenu? Or your only artifact is the uh, the spine? Shapenu's a sorcery, brother. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I can't even correct myself quick enough with you. <laughs> no, but your only artifact is spine, so that you have to Shapenu the spine and get it in the graveyard, and it goes back to your hand, and then you get another uh, spine. Shapenu is exile, brother. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Are you really going to argue gone. with him? He's got, like, every card memorized. It's sacrifice it, dude. No, it does say sacrifice. It's the same as it's the same. It's almost the same as uh, polymorph. Ooh, score one for Frank. Oh, <laughs> word for Frank. I thought John would know his own deck. Wow. Hold on, hold on. I think I, I think I figured out the malfunction here. <laughs> <laughs> hold on one second. Let me. Yeah, you got this. the card wrong. That was a. Yeah, had a couple wires crossed. Well, I was up late at your mom's house last night. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, she told me she told me someone was stealing all her. <laughs> Come on, if I'm gonna steal something, it's not gonna be food. It's gonna be something big. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be magic deck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Pedro. <laughs> okay, so the problem here is besides that I got the card wrong, is that I was thinking about mass polymorph. Which says exile all creatures you control. Sorry, I got my crappy combo decks mixed up. <laughs> it's only crappy until you see him playing it next time. I'm just trying. I'm trying to actually get everyone to think that I'm off polymorph. Then I'm going to bring it to the GP and just sweep with it. It's going to be sick. And then I'll be sitting there in chat saying, and he told us he wasn't going to play it. He's going to be like Medina. You need to be back on the show so I can. Talk smack about you running polymorph. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get Watsy to errata a polymorph to be an instant? You think that would happen? Just run. You know what? You just run that blue ley line, dude. Oh, I like yep. it. Yep. That's the deck I'm playing. I have that in my sideboard. No joke. What? I have nope. that in my sideboard. No joke. And I don't know. That's borderline classless. <laughs> dude, against fairies, against fairies is the shit, man. Against like yeah, the there's they're like, spells that are spread they're like this fine click you, and then you're just like uh, polymorph in response. There's there's no excuses against fairies. You can just destroy fairies at will. If you get yeah, a late line out, I'm not gonna like miss fine click you all willy nilly. I'll, I'll I'll pretty much expect you to do. <laughs> you're that. not gonna play spells. <laughs> I'll run one spell that are spread out there, and then I'll beat your face with it for the rest of the game. Dude, I will just kill you with a freaking man land then. I'll block with two two bitter blossom tokens, bro. I can't block; it's unblockable. Read the cards, man. Oh, I thought you meant read mutable. the cards. Like read shape a new. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. What do you guys think of the new wrath effect, the Phyrexian rebirth? Does that cost six? Yeah, it costs six. It destroys all creatures, then put an XX colorless horror artifact creature token onto the battlefield, where X is the number of creatures destroyed this way. It just seem it seems too expensive to me. Man, I don't know if the format's that fast. 
like just being able to get a four four after a round. I don't know. This traditionally, this is a really powerful effect to like be able to kill everything and then have some guys left over. You know so I don't you know. Use, standard. You know what you need to use to measure this card? Tell me. You ready? I'm 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 ready. Bring Sunglass it. Angel. Ooh, I like that though. It's the same thing. I don't know if it's well. I mean, you're not going to destroy all creatures. Shut yet. up! It's the same thing. Okay, right. <laughs> it's it's like it, it. You could compare it to Marshall Coup from uh from the last. Yeah, except you get a bunch of dudes. Yeah, and that costs one more. I mean, but that that seems closer than Sunblast Angel. I think Sunblast Angel is just better. I I agree. Yeah. You know, guys, we have someone else listening to our podcast. Obviously, um, the Twitter account "Wrong Way Go Back" has "Spine isn't legendary, so a deck based on Treasure Mage, Spine, and Venser Lock is totally viable." Bam! You are <laughs> you are twenty minutes behind us on the show. I heard it here first, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's so it's so funny when a new card comes out. Everyone goes in this frenzy to like. Call the deck, yeah, and, it, and then it, it never like, becomes a deck. Well, and it's always based on like obvious things, like spying kills a permanent. It's like yeah, so so if you get it to come in and out of play, it'll kill a bunch of permanents. It's like yeah, we know that's the way the card works. That's correct. Yeah, so let's see it happen, folks. <laughs> and no stuff. one has ever gotten it to work ever. <laughs> Is there a card that lets you cheat artifacts into play? That seems too good, right? Yeah, like shaping you. <laughs> yeah, like master trans. Are you talking about in standard? Yeah, in standard, unfortunately. Yeah, oh, master trans with spine is the sickest. Oh my god! <laughs> you can just keep returning itself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, that's busted. You're like one blue vindicate, one blue vindicate. <laughs> so since so since they've released more cards that are keep leaking out like crazy. Um, they have a new another one that's two and two black called Sangromancer. It's a vampire shaman. Yay, vampires. Uh, flying. When a, cr- a creature an opponent controls is put in a graveyard from battlefield, you may gain three life. When an opponent discards a card, you may gain three life. When they preview Sangromancer, I may not care. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just don't think this card's going to do anything, really. Okay. Now, what is it, what is it do you can read it? It's a 3-3 three, three for 4. Oh, actually, Robert, go ahead. It's a 3-3 three, three for 4, 2 and 2 black. A vampire Shaman flying. When a creature an opponent controls is put into the graveyard, you may gain 3 life. When an opponent discards a card, you may gain 3 life. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's really I feel cute. like vampires is really like struggling to gain life. It's not really what they're looking to do. No. Looking well, I mean, this is not for a vampire deck only. You could run it like a... Mono black control deck or something. Yeah, I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. Like against mono red, but it, it dies to bolt, right? Yeah, if it yeah. wasn't three three, I'd be more impressed. Man, the number one question I keep getting is, "What do you think of the spoilers?" Like, people keep facebooking me and like tweeting me and emailing me. What do you think of the spoilers? That's because they want like financial advice. So yes, you're like their you're like their free stock broker. Yeah. Dude, I'm not even looking at these spoilers. I don't know. I don't know. See, I have no idea, man. I mean, the, I probably wouldn't have seen these spoilers because I probably would have been dead right now. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's yeah, right. Some of you have to get up and go to work in the morning, like the rest of us in the, you know, 
<laughs> so, um, so yeah, I don't know. This this is a this is definitely an interesting set. I like it so far. Please don't ask John for advice on pricing when it comes to this. Now, treasure mages. I think treasure mages is going to be sick. Like, obviously, this is the most obvious interaction, but like getting a, a worm coil engine just seems really, really good. Oh, I thought the obvious interaction was mind slaver. That's pretty good too, actually. Yeah, I thought that would be like the obvious thing. I don't know. I haven't heard that mentioned. I have heard worm coil though. Like, but I do. I like mind slaver a lot, actually. That's. Oh, that's another thing that uh, Wheel of Sun and Moon is good against an extended worm coil. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Kill it. Don't care. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so, I don't know, what do you, of the cards that have been spoiled, what do you guys think is your favorite card so far? Mm. Start with you, Robert. Good question. Uh, unfortunately, because of the fact that, actually the card I think I really like a lot, which I don't it was released very early. Early was Mirror Crusader, the one that has protection from black and green and double strike. Mm-hmm. I I like it because you can get it out there and against the very heavy aggro green decks, you can basically put it to almost a grinding halt. Hopefully, you know. I mean, I yeah. don't know. That's just me. I it, it's it's one that's fun because it's knights and they're trying desperately to make knights a legit deck. And you know, I think it. It could have some possibilities. It could have some playability. I don't know. It's really hard to tell. I'm I'm still waiting for the outside of the land that came out, which was really really nice. I'm still waiting for the the oh crap infect card. You know what I mean? We've gotten yeah. a lot of big fat things that you can't really play, and the land that seems to be nice. But I want the nice. Dude, I think that land was the old crap card, dude. That you thing do? is sick. You oh, do? Yeah, that thing is I think really yeah, that card's yeah. really good. So that's going to be one that's at least it's gold, but it's still going to be pricey. That's going to be. Yeah, I can see that card being fifteen dollars. Uh, I don't know about fifteen. It'll probably start uh, at fifteen. It'll, it'll probably settle at like ratchet bomb price though. Yeah, that's eight to ten. That's what I would think. Yeah, I was thinking ratchet bomb range is fine. So I need to go to my pre-release, and I need to do well, and I need to trade for it. What about you, Corbin? What what card like do you think is like well, I. So far? Um, I think the, I think probably the best card I think that's going to have the most impact uh, is going to be the the legendary troll. More so for like it seems really good and extended to me. The uh, legendary troll that's a four four for four can't be countered. It can't be has troll shroud and, and can regenerate. Like I think that can just that's going to be really good and extended and against the control of the standard. But my my favorite card is actually the green Xena, where you search your your your. Deck for a creature with extra less, put it into play because nice. uh, you can get value from that at any point. Like even if you're just grabbing a Lotus Cobra or something, you know, all the way ramping up. So, what would you see? Like, what kind of deck would you see that in? Well, every green EDH deck ever, but uh, <laughs> uh, like I can see that in in some sort of. It seems like it would be pretty good in a ramp deck because it would add consistency. Uh, like, if you ramp, you can go get something big with it. And if you are still looking for pieces, you can grab, like, a Lotus Cobra or some something else. Like, there's just so much flexibility with it uh, that I think it, it it's going to see play. Yeah, I think it would be sick and extended elves. Yeah. Yeah, you, like, so pay two mana for, yeah, you pay two mana for a Heritage Druid. 
like right. immediately. So it's like running like eight heritage druids. Yeah, it's like the second coming of a uh, future sight card or time sorrow card that all the other elf decks ran that you had to pay on upkeep, like blanking on the name. But yeah, that's the first card it reminded me of. Oh, Summoner's Pact. Summoner's Pact. Yeah. Yeah. So what about you, Frankie boy? What what do you think? I I'm actually really excited about the Blightsteel Colossus. Blightsteel. I think that guy's going to be really... I think that guy's going to define archetypes, because, like, there's so many decks that play, like, big creatures, like, like even Emrakul. Emrakul still takes two hits. You essentially win when you play Emrakul, because when you do attack, they're sacking six perms. But, like, this guy just wins on the spot. Like, 11 poison counters, you're done. Yeah, the other thing is Emrakul can't be targeted. I mean, so... Yeah, but, I mean, this guy... Yeah, I guess that's true. But the only relevant spell that affects him is Path, because... You know, you can still O-Ring an Emrakul, you can still Journey an Emrakul. They both have, like, because I've seen people win through an Emrakul attack because they just sack all their lands and kill on the swing back. And the same yeah. thing could happen because it seems like if you're playing the uh, the Infect guy, the 11-11, uh, yeah. that they have a lot of, if they have enough creatures, then they can, they only put two toughness in front of it because it doesn't seem like they're going to have Infect counters before you get that into play. That's so true. they can still put two toughness in front of it and then kill you on the swing back. Yeah, I am. Um, I immediately like my first thought about this this tight uh, this uh, this Colossus is um, besides Polymorph, of course. But my first, my very first thought is I need to buy as many Japanese foils as I can. Oh yeah, you're right. Because this thing is going to be the sickest in vintage. Yeah, like it's going to be. I was actually thinking Legacy with it because of re- like as a reanimate target. Yeah, it's going to be the new Tinker target. Well, reanimate yeah. is kind of. It, is it from anywhere? It does it shuffle back in? Uh, if it's yeah, from anywhere, correct? Yeah, so same as Dark Steel Colossus. Same wording, really. Yeah, yeah you, you can't reanimate, but you can uh, tinker it, and that's going to be like, I I don't think I would run anything else but this guy as a tinker. Oh well, no, I was thinking like the the welder reanimator deck, where like you can put him in the graveyard, then in response to the trigger, you just welder him into play. But can you do that? Can you? No, not not with this because it's a because uh, it says reveal it and shuffle it in instead. It works with Emrakul, for instance, because Emrakul hits the graveyard, then shuffles back in. This never okay, Emrakul is a triggered. Ability. Oh, because it's a replacement ability. This is a replacement right. effect. Okay, yeah, yeah, it makes sense then. Well, that's unfortunate. So, blind steel for you. What do you what do you think, tangent? I would have to go with the man land, dude. That. The fact that man lands are always important, and then you give you give poison, which has just been I don't know. It's been casual, but it's been fairly successful for casual if done right. And then you you give it something that makes it that much more powerful, and that's that much harder to kill. And I think that could help push poison into a really playable deck. So I don't know. Uh, I would go with the man land because to me that's probably one of the ones that's going to get played most so far. Poison actually gets really scary if they get, like, one one more one, more one drop, because you know, they've got kind of the middle of the curve, they've got some stuff they can play now. If they get a legitimate one drop, then that deck, I think, is just is actually going to take off. Yeah, I mean, the deck is, seems pretty, pretty strong right now. I mean, I don't know. I like it so far. Mm-hmm. Then the game becomes race to ten. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Or, what do you guys think about Tezzer? We haven't mentioned Tezzer yet. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm really torn. I, I don't know if he's my favorite card or that pissing needle on legs. No, the like, pissing needle on legs. Man, I really <laughs> like that pissing needle on legs, man. Like, that guy's pretty good. If there's one thing I always wanted in life, it was a pissing needle on legs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you guys feel like Tezzer is very similar to Koth? And that you play him, and then you get an immediate attacker to kill a planeswalker. Uh, <laughs> are you stating the obvious, like for? <laughs> no, I think that's a really powerful ability, and I just I don't know. I think that's like when I go turn four Tezzeret, you know, kill your Jace or kill your, you know, whatever. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely. I don't. I don't. I don't like comparing the cop because I don't. I think he's. Uh, He's more powerful than Koth. I think he'll probably see more play than Koth. I think his colors alone will help him see more play, definitely. Yeah, yeah he's not a mono-red planeswalker, so... <laughs> that's good. So he's not destined to suck. <laughs> Koth doesn't suck, but it's no, just Koth like, is awesome, but... Yeah. But yeah, it's not playable, you know. Yeah, he's just like, he's like that, the really, the really pretty girl that lives in the, in the broken home, you know, she just doesn't have the, the chances she needs to get ahead. <laughs> I really want to put tes- the new Tezzeret uh, alongside old Tezzeret in Time Seed, because that seems I mean, that seems really good. Dubs Tezzeret? Yeah. So, like, you, you can... You don't want to play it on turn three. You play it on turn three, you go get your thing. If they kill it, you know, whatever, like, you still got value out of it, even if it's not a lot, and you, uh... You took some damage off yourself, and you followed up with a, a real Tezzeret, and you started untapping your stuff, and you got your fog effect, and then you're ready to go. Like, it's just another threat, because it only takes one turn to ultimate it, and its ultimate is, is going to be very good in time saves, so. Even if you don't ultimate, you're still getting, like, five fives. Yeah, like, like I mean, it's, three it's five definitely fives. Good. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, I think it, I, that's the first thing I thought about was time save. And the other thing was just in Vintage is going to be kind of sick, too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, nice making, your, yeah, making your mocks into 5-5s five or, like, just, I mean, a lot of your deck is artifacts. So you can go, like, turn one five five in Vintage. That's kind of nice. Yeah, definitely. It just seems, it seems really good. It seems pretty awesome. So, we also... Um, I'll bring this up real quick. I'd like to, uh... You got a what? Ugh. Um... Oh, okay. Uh, hold What's on a second. Happening? Oh, nothing. Just, uh... Tangent's just writing something. I apologize for the interruption. Um... Yeah, uh... We have, uh... KYT interviewed, uh... Gary Wise, and I just wanted to tell KYT that he did an excellent job on it, and that he should continue doing these interviews with Canadian people, why he gets to do it, uh, gets a chance to. Um, let's let's skip down to the, the one that I think will be the most interesting subject we might bring up tonight. Um, thoughts on Brad Nelson leaving Channel Fireball for Star City Games? Since we have a Star City Games person here. Star City Games person? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is that you or your ego that writes for me? <laughs> I'm surprised. Like that's shocking to me. Because like, Channel Fireball is his home. You know, it's like leaving home. You know, not anymore, homeboy. Yeah, that's like his family. And he's like, see you later, guys. 
I was really surprised as well because he had just wrote about how he had tested with them for worlds and all that stuff and just spent spent some amount of time there, you know. So I was yeah, and they made, to see that. Yeah, and they made it a point to, to mention that he's exclusive for Star City now. Yep. So. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty awesome. Uh, it's it's nice to see the roster grow at Star City over there. I mean, we got Michael J. Flores, we got uh, Brad Nelson, of course, we got the classics, you know, Chapin and uh, Jerry T. I mean, and John yeah. Medina. John Medina, who's that guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so tangent. What we were talking about for a second was Chad, uh, Chad, Brad Nelson leaving Channel Firewall for Star City Games. Uh, your thoughts? Uh. Cool. I mean, I don't know. It really, as long as everything went okay, it's not really a big deal uh, to me personally. But I'm sure Channel Fireball is probably not too thrilled with it. Um, and I do believe that Channel Fireball also picked up someone else. Correct, John? Uh, I don't know who they pick up. <laughs> Jason? Aj? They really? No, no. Yeah. Scg. Scg picked up Aj. Oh, Scg did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, AJ's back writing for SCG now. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about is the roster is growing, man. Yeah. Um, the the it, problem is, John, is, we're, we're, you know, they keep adding more people and putting them more in the premium section. You know, they're going to have to move some people from the premium. Wait, 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 wait. How is that a problem? Well, no, 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 no. Because you can only have so many people in the premium section. Dude, that to me, you know what that says? That says everyone who pays for premium... They get they get all this they get awesome their money's stuff, worth. you know. They get their money's yeah. worth. This this value is increasing, you know. Well, I can I can honestly say that that Channel Fireball should be worried about it. Be I mean, not that they wouldn't be anyway, but the fact of the matter is, for a short time there, it felt like Channel Fireball, with its free content and its extremely good group of writers, they were given a better product because they were giving a great product for free and and, oh, and they definitely were and now it's it's turned the the tables are turning a little bit because Star City Games has really gone out there and busting ass to try and and get as many great riders as they can and so things have have kind of uh switched around a little bit and the ball is more in Star City's court yeah yeah i feel like Star Channel Fireball Really needs to actually make a move now because if you just look at the last, I guess two months they've lost they lost Saito and now they lost Brad Nelson, yeah. so like they, you know they still got a good a good core but they they certainly have a much less impressive roster on the whole than Star City does. Yeah. When, whoop, go ahead. And what was funny was going down with all this stuff uh, about all these people moving mm-hmm. is we talked about on Monday Night Magic about the roster that Black Border printed out. And AJ wasn't on there, and I thought, well, that's weird. And now suddenly it all comes together. Why? Because he had left them and come back to, and it's like, oh, that makes sense now. Because when I saw that list, I was like, I did a double take on it just because of, you know, where he was. It's it's interesting. So, so John, what's it going to take for you to leave Star City Games? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, since everybody's moving, you know, you know. Well, I, I have no motivation to leave Star City Games. I mean, Star City Games is is really good. I mean, they have a great roster. They've always had had a great roster. I mean, I I paid for my premium account even before I was even a writer at Star City Games. You know, 
Well, my so, qu- my question is this: outside of that, outside of that, I hold you on your thought. Uh-huh. Why did they not come to you for coverage? What do you mean? Okay, they put all these wonderful coverage teams together. Yeah. You and well, like last week, we'll say you and Gavin. Yeah. That would have been hysterical. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't. I wouldn't have expected them to come to me for coverage uh, because I don't. I don't know what I can add to the commentary. Uh, let's see your knowledge of cards, uh, the ability. Star City Games. Yeah, but some people the ability to quote time spiral cards off yeah. the top of your head. Yeah, time spiral cards <laughs> off the top of your head. Come on now. Steal weird, people's no, decks. I mean, some people don't want don't want to hear the financial stuff constantly. No, you know. But John, you, you can talk decks. You can talk cards. I mean, you know, the the one thing that the first set of coverage was lacking was well, personality, um, and not lack of knowledge. It was lack of personality. And the second group that was together had personality, which was great, which made the coverage better. But they should be, they obviously have not heard you on enough podcasts to realize that, you know, you have the personality to fit into what this is all about. I think, I think it could also be, I mean, there's a couple of things I didn't, I haven't thought about it until right now. <laughs> but, um, but I think it could be, uh, just like, I mean, you need to really commit to that uh, coverage team to do that. Okay. Um, I'm not really in a position to commit to a coverage team right now, anyways. Um, you know, so it's 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 a, it's a weird question because I, I don't see why they would ask me, and then you're saying why wouldn't they ask you? Okay, guys, can we all can we all in unison believe here that he would be a benefit to, to their coverage team? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Hell no. <laughs> of course. <laughs> as long as he doesn't steal people's decks. <laughs> I mean, I just, I mean, there's, it's, it's what you got. I mean, I understand they looked at their coverage team and figured out what they were trying to do, but really, it's a matter of you want enough diversity out there, and and it would have been like three or four events. So instead of playing in a couple of events you would go to or dealing in a couple of events like you would have done, you would have just done coverage. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all, a, it's all a question of, you know, who's making the decisions and what, what kind of brand do they want to push and what kind of information do they want. I mean, when somebody sees me doing something, they automatically think financial. Okay. You but, know what I mean? But then so that, that, you go out there and press them and go, look, I know more than just money. Yeah, and I mean that'll be that'll come in time. It'll be slow going, but it'll come. You know, um, I think for now, like when you're trying to brand a new product, like uh, the coverage team or something like that, I'm I'm not even sure as like as if I were to manage that project, if I would want a John Medina on the coverage team because I wouldn't want people to look at the coverage team and say, oh, they're gonna he's gonna be talking about finance the whole time. I'm not gonna watch the coverage because I don't like that. The other, the other thing to look at is that they, obviously, I'm sure they put a lot of work into this. And, John, you've only been with them since, what, the summer? So yeah. they, yeah. they might have had all of this planned out, had their had their, their people set up for it, yeah. before that would have even come into play. Well, yeah, because when they, when they picked me up, they were already, they'd already had a lot of plans. Like, they were, they were ready to... 
to start going gangbusters. I mean, it was. John, awesome. where were you? Where were you before Star City? Uh, before Star City, I was creating DoublingSeason.com, which became quite Speculation.com, and I was, and I was uh, doing uh, my my own blog, uh, MTG Made a Game, and then the the big gig that I had was uh, Manonation.com. I was writing the Pack to Power. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, do you think though? Oh, go ahead, man. Just while we're on that subject, you know, it's actually a. You know, I'm a journalist in my, my everyday life, so I have the ability to write. And it, was, it wasn't until actually John's Pack of Power series that I really became interested and said, you know, hey, I'm going to give this a shot. So, you know, in addition to everything that that series did for John and for the people who read it and learned about trading, it also, I, I think, helped a lot of people. And it really is what encouraged me to, you know, I guess apply to Dublin season, asking if I could I could get on and write. So I think that was a, a huge deal that John did that and and brought that out to the community. Well, so, thanks, dude. That that's that's awesome feedback. I mean, it's really good to hear that. Um, you know that it it, uh, it encouraged you. And I mean, when you started writing for Dublin season, I thought it was great. I mean, I was excited about Dublin season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I thought I, I thought it could be something great. I think it. I think it could have been even greater than it is now, uh, as as quiet speculation, um, because we would have had more, um, I guess, uh, uh, more unison in the market and, and been a, a more tight knit team, you know. Right. But um, it's just like the way that things went down, there was no way that we could really keep it together and keep everybody happy. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I wanted to write for Star City and still run doubling, and uh, and that was not that was not an option that was afforded to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know when all that when all that went down, there wasn't much of uh, wasn't a lot and, anyone could do and, there. And I mean, and I mean, and it's understandable. So it, it's awesome to see it's awesome to see QuietSpeculation.com growing into what it's growing into because it's like you know a bunch of financial writers got together. And uh, and it's kind of like given legitimacy to a genre that that um, that a that it could be a site like this doubling season now quiet speculation where people would go and just read about financial content and then b someone like me can go over and actually write for Star City Games Premium about a topic that was usually uncovered. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the whole the whole genre. I mean, really just exploded as a result, in my opinion. Of the fact of power, because now you know Star City Games has you. Channel Fireball has two people doing financial coverage. And you got quiet speculation. Like it's just, it's really exploding. As that's you know, cause that's how I always was playing. Is I you know wanted to maximize value on trading, that sort of thing, because I didn't have the money to buy cards. And I, you know, I just never knew that there was a community until uh, you brought that out doing fact of power, and it just started all of this. So I think the, the most important thing for the that area now is to, to be able to mature in that role because it's it's a little different. It's hard to some once you start talking about the same concepts, uh, once you get them out there, you know, it can kind of get repetitive once you talk about the principles of trading and all that sort of thing. So I think seeing where financial coverage as a whole goes is going to be really interesting in like the next year. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of growth that, like you say, I, I agree 100 percent that it's it's immature right now and. I feel like there's um, I feel like there's a lot of room for growth and a lot of um, 
like you say, coverage. Coverage is really important that we're missing right now in the financial world. You know, like um, like at, on the scene, you know, writing about what cards are selling for what and and why. You know what I mean? Right. This kind of stuff. And I mean, yeah, Channel Fireball picked up two people to do their their financial writing, which is awesome. Before they had Jeremy Fuentes, which I don't know where he went. I liked reading his stuff. I um, like his stuff, too. And then they got uh, they got Brian Grew now, and they have uh, Chaz, mm -hmm. right? And Chaz actually started writing about financial stuff because of Pack to Power too. He started a, a Pack to Power blog. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, and then he went gangbusters, man. He started a competition for the Race to Jace competition, and then like he was into it. And I really think uh, I think he's a good writer. I do and, too. Uh, I like his stuff a lot. Yeah, it's really good. He's very thorough, very detailed, and, uh, you know, you could tell he puts a lot of time into his uh, thought process, into his writing. So so I think it's great that, you know, we're seeing more quality writers come out. You know, the team at the team at quietspeculation.com, you know, uh, Chaz, and just, like, seeing these, these, these quality writers come out with this financial stuff is awesome because these are the kind of writers that are going to take this financial writing to the next level. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to grow. And I think that, like you were saying, financial coverage on-site events, I think coverage of, of Magic events as a whole uh, can improve in a lot of ways. I, I feel like when I watch the Pro Tour coverage, I get a lot of play-by-play -play with very little strategic analysis. And then when I watch Star City Games events, I get a lot of strategic analysis, and half the time they're not even talking about the game that's going on. And I think that there's a lot of room in a lot of different areas for, for magic coverage to grow. Yeah, I think I think one of the big things that I think is missing in magic coverage is the is the humanity, like covering the people of like who they are, what they're up to. Like one of the one of the coolest things about a tournament is you get there, you play against your third round opponent, you're both beat, you're both hungry, you want something to eat, and you're like, dude, where did you come from? They're like, Oh yeah, I drove like six hours overnight to be here. And it's like, well, there's a story there, you know, where where does this guy live? Like, what does he do for a living? Like, all these things are interesting to me, you know what I mean? Hey, John, like, yeah. John, can yeah. I make a suggestion for you? Sure. Go back into our archives and find out when a certain guy went to Toronto and recorded a bunch of interviews with people, like, right on the spot and did that. That's the kind of thing that I think you're talking about that's missing. Uh, literally, when my interview I got with Brad Nelson, he oh, was you're talking about you. Yeah, I'm talking about me. Uh, no, I'm just joking. Yeah, dude, I, listened, I listened to all those interviews, dude. And literally with, with uh, Brad Nelson, it was, as he knew he was top date, he was walking outside, and I'm like, got time to do an interview? He goes, sure, as long as you don't mind me sitting here having a smoke. I mean, literally, it was one of those right off the cuff, this is just when he knew he was top eight. You know, he he just... You know, that's just something that that is available to be done. And I think when I try to go to the events I can get to, I'm going to try to get as many of those, even if it's five, ten minutes with just somebody talking about how's it going and things are happening and what they're doing, just to give those people the instant results. And then what I want to do is I want to be able to get it put on the server as quickly as possible. So, like, if I do an interview on, say, Saturday after someone says 7-1 and one and makes day 2, I can get it shot up there so people can listen to it on Sunday 
and then have it have it have their thoughts on Sunday so they can listen to it. Yeah, but that's it, it's good. I mean, those interviews were good. I, don't get me wrong; I listen to them. Yes, and uh, and I, I'm I'm impatient. So if I got through an interview, that's good because like if I'm not getting what I need out of something, I'll just not listen anymore. You know, and. Um, but the kind of thing that I'm talking about is even deeper than that. Like, I don't even want to always hear from the people in the top eight. I want to hear from A, the regular people, and B, I want to hear, like, I want to see a, a freaking video interview with Saito after he got, dis, you know, after he got, like, kicked out of the GP or whatever, whatever happened, you know what I mean? Like, I want to see, like, people who are losing, who are usually doing well, like, what are their thoughts? Like, what are, you know what I mean? Like, all of the all of the regular life that goes along with it, where are people eating, the funny, you know, stuff that happens after the tournament. Like, I, don't, I don't think, like, a lot of that is not conveyed. Like, the car rides and the discussions and the, the friendships and the, you know, the drama, like, all of that stuff is not conveyed in coverage or in even, even in magic writing. I mean, sometimes pros will talk about stories that happen at the pro tour or that happen here or there. And those things are always fun to people to read because they get to see a little glimpse into that world and into that humanity that they're not really a part of right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Hey, I can I can totally attest to that. Look at like the A Team podcast. One of their one of their biggest most popular episodes was when they were talking about going to Grand Prix Portland and Jay Bush talking about his car ride down. I mean, that's that's just something that happens to those people that go to events you know you you get some crazy guys in the car you have people being a pain in the ass along the way you get there and you have you know or like smitty you know having to wear his friend's shirt and then realizing his friend had like sweated in it all day so it reeked and you know you just got all these stories it's those stories that make people laugh and want to listen people won't really care what your turn one turn two turn three turn four turn five play was every single time yeah i mean magic is really a diversion anyways it's just it's a it's a it's protocol it's just basically language in between life you know and like all of this life that's going on outside of magic that, and, and magic is the thing that's tying us all together, but but really, really intrinsically, like, we're drawn together because of humanity, because there's something that we all have in common, you know? So it's like, that's the kind of thing that I like to dig into and see, and, uh, you know, I think that's really what is lacking in the magic community as far as, like, communication and as far as, you know, um, as far as just, like, information, I guess I don't like calling it information because I think it's deeper than information. It's more, like you said, tangent. Like these stories. I mean, broken the what is it? The school of broken city magic or broken city? Broken city of magic. magic. Yeah. Yeah. They when they did that trip with Jay Bush, they posted like a big blog post about it, and like they had pictures, you know, of each like stop and like all this different stuff that happened on the trip. And that was, like, one of the most awesome blog posts that I ever read. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it man. Really just, it just drew you into, like, that trip. And you know what it's like as a magic player traveling with friends and, like, having these stops, like, you know, all this different stuff. And, like, there's, like, um, if you watch, like, um, like documentaries on things like, uh, there's a documentary on Scrabble. And if you, like, watch, in the documentary, they do a really good job of, like, drawing these people out and saying, like, 
what is your life like? Like, who are you as a person? And then, like, Scrabble is the backdrop. You know what I mean? Right. And I would, I'd like to see stuff like that in Magic, where it's like, who are you as a person? And then, like, Magic is the backdrop. Yeah, like, I brought this up last week, which I think you recorded, someone else has heard it, but I look at it, poker as being a great example on TV of how you can take a game that is a mental game that's just a bunch of information and really bring the people playing it to life. They do all the uh, all the interviews, the behind-the-scenes kind of things uh, with the players, and you, you get to know who they are, so you develop a connection with the player uh, on a personal level, and you become much more invested in it. Like, I know, for instance, like if you look at the Magic community, if Brian Kibler was playing poker on ESPN, like he would be huge. It would be a huge, he'd be a personality, it would be great. Uh, ESPN would give him a ton of airtime doing interviews with him, that sort of thing. And you get, you get none of that in Magic Carpenter. You get very little. I think there's a lot to do with, with bringing the game to life to people, uh, developing connections with players more so than just, oh, they top aided X amount of tournaments. Yeah, completely agree with you. I've been saying for a long time, like when it, when it comes to Magic Pros, to me, everyone's just people. I mean, some people can, some pros act like really awesome guys, and some pros act like they're better than everyone. But to me, they're all just people. I put them on an equal level as anyone else. When I think about people that I'd want to go meet, I'd rather go hang out with with Jay Bush and Medina and Smitty and Robert here. I'd rather hang out with people that you know I pay attention to, that I follow, that I've heard, and that I kind of feel like I can relate to in some way, than I would, uh, you know, some random pro that that top-aided at the most recent GP or whatever. It's just, I, d- I don't really care about that because we haven't, we don't have like a personal connection to them. We just know they're, you know, they're a pro player and they did well at a tournament. I guess that's cool, but that's why Conley's such a cool guy is because he puts himself out there so that people can relate to them, to him, I should say. So what you're trying to say is you wouldn't hang out with Corbin because he just topped eight recently. Right, right, yeah. He's out of he's out of that now. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I just want to make sure we got that right. Okay. (laughs) 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 No, um... Yeah, that uh, it is interesting because the you guys talked about that, and I'm trying to do that with the spin I'm trying to put on the Meta Magic interviews. Is I'm trying to dig in a little deeper and trying to get people to know a little more of their background of what makes people who they are, and it's it's interesting because as you dig to look up information on people and try to find a little more of their background, it's interesting to find out exactly a lot of things that people have done before they've gotten into magic. And I think that's something that, you know, like Tangent was saying, is that if you know a little more of a person's background, you can associate. (laughs) Oh, nothing like having internet problems again. Oh, echo. (laughs) That's awesome, awesome, awesome. Yes, I am the stereo. No. Um, I think I was talking about the magic community and... And stalking people, right? And stalking people, yes. No, actually, that was funny when uh, you bring up stalking people. Uh, oh, crap. Um, and now he's gone. Oh, who's gone? Corbin. Corbin. Yeah, he got discoed. That's probably his connection. We'll bring him back in a minute when he comes back on. Um, 
basically, I think it's funny with you just looking at. Uh, uh, whoop. Okay, he's back. Hold on. Oh, darn it. Try it again. All right, so now he's back. So now we have everybody back again. Sorry about that. No problem. I don't know what happened? Um, so what I was trying to say is you're right. In many ways, John, I think what you I think what you're looking for is also it'd be kind of cool is is like you know how they do it during games where they have like the little sideline thing where they flip to a guy on the side and they're talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. If you would do that, you know, maybe with hmm, like a matchup that's forthcoming. Like, let's say it's player X versus, you know, fill in your favorite pro, because they always pull in somebody who's a pro. And you, before they come out, when they're, you know, getting them moved to the tables, have them go to a side thing quick and then say, oh, hi, you know, you're player X. What are you running today? And say, where did you come from? You know, where you, you know, how'd you get here? And spend a couple minutes with them. Just so when they, he goes sit at the table and plays against, you know, you know Phil, uh, Jerry T or something like that, that you know a little bit about the person, not that you're sitting there going, who's Joe Schmo? And that way Why when you go to steal their deck, they're not expecting yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, I come. mean, that to an extent, but what I'd really be looking for is something like, here's group X of, like, no-name players, right? They start the day like, on the way to the tournament, right? So you're following these guys, you're listening to their conversation, you're eating lunch with them, like, all of this stuff is being recorded, you know? And then, like, how their tournament goes, like, maybe one of them beats one of the pros in one of the earlier rounds, or, you know, maybe one of them top eights, like, you know, you just kind of follow these guys around. Maybe one of them gets their deck stolen, you know? Maybe one of them gets ripped (laughs) off in a trade, like... You know, all of this stuff is just, like, would be interesting for me to watch and get to know people, you know, in in that in that sense, you know, who they are, what they're about. Because all that stuff comes out when you're hanging out playing Magic, you know? It's real-world Magic Tour. Yeah, that would be the kind of stuff that I'd be interested in watching. Hmm. Keep giving me ideas. Stop doing that. I've already got enough responsibilities to do in the world of podcasting to have even more now. Uh, well, I don't want to give you all my good ideas because I might be doing this stuff, you know? Oh, no, no, because remember, Star City doesn't want you doing any live coverage or anything like that, you know? <laughs> I, I could still do podcasts, right? Okay. okay, okay. I just want to make sure because, you know, I mean, I'd hate to have, you know, the talent not be used at their proper way, so... Uh, you better yeah. stop talking smack, dude, because then I might start a podcast and then just take you guys down. You know, if you start yeah, a podcast, you might want to start it with Frank because, you know, you two have a natural love-hate chemistry going, so I would I would work with him on that. He refused to acknowledge it, Robert. Oh. <laughs> him or his ego refused to acknowledge me. What is there to acknowledge? It's the story of our entire relationship, John. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you treat me like I don't even exist. Because you don't. <laughs> and so you don't not like your imagination? And you don't send me flowers? I know, man. You know, I'm not in the habit of sending guys flowers. I mean, if if you at home, the listener, is, if you're into that, that's fine. I'm not going to judge you. But I don't do that, you know? Now, flowers being sent to you, you'll accept, but you don't of send course. flowers yourself. I mean, I mean, I've had plenty. Accepted of, my flowers. 
<laughs> I've had plenty of guys hit on me. I'm I'm okay with that. You know, it's perfectly fine. Is that why you keep going back to the A team? Oh man, they love me over there, and they love me. Yeah, they keep hitting on you, right? Because remember, one of them supposedly is that way, even though he's having a kid. <laughs> one of them. That's just a cover. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. yeah. I've seen his wife. Believe me, if it's a cover, it's one hell of a cover. <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to say about Scotty Beck's wife? Are you kidding me? I was there, man. Trust me. You were there when they were making the baby. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I told you he sneaks up on you, man. <laughs> I wasn't talking about that kind of mag- magic coverage. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is Scotty <laughs> Mack. Now there's exclusive magic coverage you won't get anywhere else. <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm gonna have to be wrapping it up here. I don't know if you guys want to stay on and chat, but I gotta head out here. So uh, if you guys want to stay and talk, oh, Beamy can we, wrap this up. We, we, oh, we've got we we're, we've, we're over the two hour mark, aren't we? Or damn close yeah, to it. We are. Yeah, I think we've done pretty well this week. Last time we went for three. Um, the only thing I want to do is should we talk about this on the bottom or no? Uh, uh, the, not you, Tangent. Yeah, well, yeah, go ahead. Throw it out okay. there. This has been tried before and has, has failed miserably numerous times, but we are willing to try it to break the bank to help our loyal listeners get more contact with us. Uh, we have a Google phone number that you can leave us messages at. That's 414-502-7279. Your comments, thoughts, or anything magic-related, both Tangent and I will uh, get these messages, and we will use them on the show if they're not... You know, completely ridiculous. And yes, if you'd like to promote how much you love John Medina coming on our show, please leave a message there. Only John Medina will call and leave messages about that. (laughs) (laughs) Also, if you want to warn them, do not allow me back on the show. Then definitely leave a message there. (laughs) So why don't you guys... uh, Oh, go ahead, man. uh, Twitter, Sam Stodd just posted... um, it's about uh, uh, Tezzeret is the real deal. Welcome to five five Iker Claw Mirrors and Nexi, which is pretty interesting. That's What's awesome. Nexi? The like the the Nexus. Oh yeah, Multi- multiple Nexuses. Yeah, so he's talking about just running like blue black proliferate uh, infect with Tezzeret. Yeah, make like your Iker Claw Mirror five five, and then get in there. Yeah, that's obvious interaction. I mean, come on. Oh, oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I didn't know uh, we had <laughs> the illustrious Pro Tour Top 8 of John Medina in our you midst. You see, what you do is you tap your mana, and then you play spells, see? <laughs> oh, and then they interact with one another on the no, game, on the battlefield. Okay, this is technology here. Tap your mana, play tap spells. Your mana. <laughs> and wait for the mana leak to get you out. <laughs> these, are, these are pro tips, kids. <laughs> And no, that does not come free because you now have to pay for a Star City Games premium membership to get these comments. Oh, well, this is the kind of material you, you can look forward you to. Stop complaining about premium. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put the word out there for anyone who's complaining about premium. Just stop. Okay, it's worth it. It's thirty dollars like a year. It's really not. Yeah, it's really not an investment. It's thirty dollars a year. I spend more than that on vitamin water in like a month. Okay. In a month. So like, <laughs> so like, so like, I I just don't get this whole thing about if premium is cost money. It's like, look, dude, it's that? really not that much money. 
Those are the same people that are like, I don't like Magic Online because they're digital cards and I can't hold them. Well, I mean, I can't hold the money in my bank account when I'm on my yeah, that's... online on the website. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't mean it's there. That's a ridiculous <laughs> argument. So, uh, do you guys want to say where we can reach you at? You want me to give up my, like, home phone number? Yeah, your home <laughs> phone number, preferably. You know, maybe your address. You can reach me at 414 <laughs> Just give me a call anytime. Cool. Preferably late nights. That's when I'm loneliest. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, who's going to start? Come on, give us some direction. Please. All right, all right. Corbin, go for it. Start it. Uh... You can reach me. Uh, I'm on Quiet Speculation, so if you have an account there, you can you can get to me through the forums. I'm also uh, at cosler88 on Twitter. I uh, troll Twitter quite a bit during the day, so you can get me on there. Awesome, Frank. Uh, you can find me at Twitter. Uh, name is at Frank Lapore. No space. So it's an original one. I came up with it myself. <laughs> and uh, every Monday, I have articles on TCG Player, so you can find me there as well. Clever. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I think that about wraps it up. Oh, wait, no, I guess we'll let Medina go ahead and throw his stuff out there. No, we don't have to do all that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to know where to reach, where I can reach John's ego. Where can reach my, John's ego my ego is not taking any questions. It's all around <laughs> us. <laughs> okay, so uh, you can check me out on StarCityGames.com Mondays. On the Going Infinite column, just pay for the premium. Read my articles. I'll make you some money. You can also reach me on Twitter, uh, MTG Metagame. And uh, that's about it, dudes. Oh, you can email me if you want, jmedina at mtgmetagame.com. John Medina's invitational card is enveloping ego. And go on MTGO and buy Medina's cards from his bot on there because he needs your money. Oh, yeah. If you uh, play MTGO and you need cards, go to my bot. My bot's name is Legit MTG. Legit MTG. And uh, usually I don't have a lot of cards on there because I sell everything super cheap. So if you're looking for something, check there first. Maybe you can get it super cheap, or maybe somebody else bought it before you have a chance. The only thing I hate about your bot is you always claim that they're in mint condition, but they're always worn around the edges. <laughs> yeah, i got to grind down some value somehow. <laughs> it's always whitening on those cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're always stuck together, and, you know. Cool. All right, so, hey, uh, Robert, you have any information you want to toss out there for the kingdom? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, that you can reach me at uh, the Beamy on Twitter. Uh, you can email us at mashgroot at gmail.com. You can now reach us at the phone number listed below. And, yeah, otherwise, outside of that, uh, there will be new exciting things forthcoming. Um do things I cannot talk about yet, but they are forthcoming. More more to my schedule, which is just what I need with a wife and three kids. Uh, but yes, it is forthcoming, and you should hopefully see it soon. And no, it will not be John Medina's personal podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> but are you guaranteeing us double the, double the hits as normal? Um, I'm going to send my Twitter army to you guys away so they can listen to me talk for <laughs> hours. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. 
And as always, I'm Tangent DYN on Twitter, Tangent DYN on Magic Online. And I appreciate you guys coming on. You're welcome anytime, regardless of what Beamy says. Yes. So, uh, you know, feel free to hit us up anytime, anytime you want to BS or uh, come on here and inflate your ego. Nice. And let me just throw it out there, actually. If if anyone's interested in Medina and myself starting a cast, let us know. Put it out there. Awesome. Yeah, I'm trying see. to convince this guy, and he's, like, all on the fence about it, so. I better see some real responses if you guys want me to do a podcast with this homeboy, because, you know, I'm not going to go and waste my time here. You know what I'm saying, guys? Yeah, so he's got other cool. podcasts to waste his time on. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather just irresponsibly crash other people's podcasts <laughs> and just talk massive smack. Yeah, you're that dude that never brings his own drinks to the party, but inevitably always ends up drinking there. Dude, I don't drink, man. <laughs> it was a metaphor, bro. <laughs> I'm just setting the record straight, brother. Oh, now see, there's so many ways I could go with this, but, you know, I'm just going to leave it alone because I'm a nice, caring human being. Or you just leave like alone because this isn't the A team. That's true. That's very true. That's <laughs> very true. Safe, folks. That's very true. Yes, and we are and we are PG clean, or at least try to be. Yeah, Angela Lansbury, easy on the keyboard over there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. Are you writing a novel? Are you rocket launching a rocket over there? I <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotta enter the codes. <laughs> The missile launching codes. Oh, well, I guess we don't have to worry about next week's podcast. And <laughs> set off the bombs and blow up the world. Um. All right, guys. Hey, it was really awesome talking to you, and I appreciate being on. So, I appreciate, on, on his own show, he appreciates being on. Appreciate <laughs> you being on. That's just my Pacific Northwest <laughs> talk there. You know, I leave out convenient words. So, Tangent, anytime you want to come on the show... <laughs> I will welcome you back. Thank you. I appreciate that. Just don't be late next time. Or <laughs> late. It's it's because Robert keeps like telling people that we start at eight when we've always started at eight thirty, and he's acting like that's the time or something. No, so. it is. It's been eight. What are you been when? Doing? When? Anyway, yeah, it doesn't matter. Here, except the two hosts, actually. Yeah. See. Yeah, we were like all waiting, and Corbin was like, "Peace out, yo." <laughs> and you barely got on in time, and I was like, "Dude, are these guys professional or what?" I can't. No, I'm. This. Please, you've listened to me. You said you said you listen to these podcasts, and you're asking if I'm professional. Come on now. Dude, I just said that to be nice. <laughs> okay. Relate to his own party. <laughs> Awesome. Wait, this is the A-team? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, awesome. Then we'd have to go beep, 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 beep. Every fifth word would have to be bleeped out. <laughs> <laughs> this is the magic sock, actually. So. Oh, no. Yeah, so give us your money. I've listened to the, listened to the magic sock before. Yeah, nobody's perfect. I tried, to, I tried to listen to it while I was uh, running on the treadmill. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is not a running podcast. <laughs> no, like, it's not, dude. No, it's not. It's not yeah. <laughs> so sorry, sorry, Magic Sock. I shut you off and I never tried you again. <laughs> Did he ask you for money? No. Nope. He didn't get to that point, man. Oh, he didn't get that far. <laughs> Did he ask for money? 
Oh, he does every single episode. I don't mean to like beg for money, but I really have a lot of po- of bills to pay with all the server fees and the domain fees, and I've got all this. And please, you know, I really need your money. So if you could help me out, give me your donations. Blah blah blah. Oh, so that's no problem. Does he have cards? Because I'll give him money for cards. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like that's just selling things to me. I don't yeah, know. exactly. So he just, you know, I'll buy it by prices and, uh, and I'll, I'll give him money for his cards. Cool. I'm sure he'll be totally happy to help you survive. <laughs> <laughs> Sell it to my bot online and I'll pay you money for it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think we're going to be done. Um, yep. So I guess until next week, we are out. Later. You lack innovation. <laughs> you suck. He does, he does not like innovation. He was playing Shape of New, guys. Hey, hey, I'm going to be, I'm telling you, I'm running it in my Infect deck now. Oh, yeah, now everyone's running it. No, I am. <laughs> Just me. Just me. No, no, no. Come on, guys. First of all, why would you run an Infect deck? Because Infect rocks. Dude, you get a fucking 11-11 Infect. You don't need to have an Infect deck. You just kill him with one swing. Yeah, you get that one dude. Hey. I don't need to dedicate Infect. I just need to have that one guy get you're in gonna, there. And he has to like nine poison counters, and then you're going to shape a new into this big 11-11. It's going to be like, what a waste. No, like, you can't even, you can't even, like, block it effectively. He has trample. Like, no. What I'm going to do know. is I'm going to run a deck that's going to look like totally it's not Infect. Then I'm going to use the, the new control magic. Steal their big, steal their primeval titan, and turn it into a six-six trample infect, and then put out the one next. Turn. I think they just kill you when they play the primeval titan. No, 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 no. I, yeah, I don't get that second turn. I'll get the second turn because when he casts it, he won't be able to attack with it. Then my turn, I take it, and then it's mine. And then he'll cast another one, and then kill he's still, it. He still killed you with the valkut he got. Yeah, valkut. This sounds like a terrible idea. No, it's not. <laughs> Hey, is, is there any way we can cheat an anger into the graveyard in standard? Is that is that a thing we can do? <laughs> oh, I want to give that guy some haste. We need an emblem of the war mine. <laughs> <laughs> no one but needs that. This is the real deck. Okay, you ready? The are real deck is obviously... Tangent! Are you interrupting me, dude? <laughs> I'm trying to see if he's alive. <laughs> Go ahead. He's checking our levels, man. Okay. Okay, so the real deck is Master Transmuter. Master Transmuter. Light I like Master Transmuter. Yeah, because end of turn, whoop. Yeah, but if you ever, like, you, the problem's not winning once you have a transmuter that can tap. Like, you generally win those games. Yeah, you the don't. Is, that's not the problem because you have the fucking Light Steel Colossus. Wait, another point. How did how were you able to just rattle off Emblem of the Warmind off the top of your head? You know this, like, obscure 
future sight uncommon that grants haste? Of course, dude. What, you look it up or something? He's, he's expecting that to skyrocket, so he's got his eye on it. He's like, it's like, he's like this is going to be reprinted eventually. <laughs> dude, let me tell you. I look at so many, like, not financial perspective, but because I love playing the game and I love building decks. So, I can respect I that. have all these cards in my head. I think it's I think it's funny that Blade of the Six Pride was also future shifted, but that a better card came out before Blade of the Six Pride was ever, you know, reprinted or printed or whatever. Yeah. Even they, though even though not all the future shifted cards were going to get printed. They should have called it, it like, like Blade of the Twelfth Pride. This yeah, year. Blade of the Seventh Pride. <laughs> a little bit better. They're like that's not that's not even good enough. We we passed the part of the future where this would have been a good card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the same set they print Tarmogoy. It's like, okay, 3-1 versus a fucking 8-7 or whatever, 7-8. Like, Those are for different different times in the future. You yeah. Couldn't, I couldn't believe you could buy Tarmogoy for a dollar at one time. Like, yeah. a dollar? Really? I got this? my place set on eBay for four twenty five, oh. And that was just because at the time I liked getting cheap place sets on eBay, just in case things, you know, did well. Yeah, sounds like an awesome idea. I don't not. know if that's sarcasm or not. Oh, there you, there it is. There was the not. <laughs> yeah, nice. I didn't know anything about prices when Tarmogoyf came out. I was a long way from playing Magic then. <laughs> I think I was still on Pokemon. Which was and the, which was the dude, one that... Don't ever say that again in public. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the place by, one of the places by us are selling all Pokemon 75% off. Man, that's still not I'm just joking. I quit playing Pokemon. Make it 92, and then I might pick some up. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, you guys ready to rock this thing? I haven't gotten to the point where Tarmogoyf is uh, equal in power to everything. Power Power Creep still hasn't caught up with that guy yet, so maybe. Yeah, hasn't caught up with Tarmogoyf. I think they're just going to let that guy hang out. (laughs) Alright, so I think Tangent's ready. Is he ready? Yeah, yeah, we're ready if you guys are ready. Dude, we've been ready, man. Well, hey, man. The womb ready. All right, so beam me anything else beforehand? No, man. We got the notes. All right, and all right. We'll kind of we'll kind of use them as a sketch, but nothing more. What episode is this? <laughs> Thirty-seven, I believe. Thirty-seven, I believe. All right, cool. Can somebody bring me the notes so I can glance over them. Favor. It's on the screen. Gracias. All right, so we will begin in three, two, one.